Oh yeah, I got my microdose gummies. This one is just a touch of THC, and this one is a bit more. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. Use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. All right, looks like we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to my live stream 500 feet above New York City as the sun comes up. Uh, I want to say hi to Scott Nelly. You are first on the YouTube, my friend. How are you? Um, I do got to say, the reason I am live streaming today is because people gave me a few bucks yesterday. You give me a few bucks, I continue the live streams on a regular basis. So with that said, as we wait for more people to um, enter the room, I want to thank the following people. Benjamin Tucker, John Koritz, Neil Hayden. Or Haddon, Neil Haddon, I'm going to go with, and Tom Taylor. Once again, Tom Taylor, Neil Haddon, John Quartz, and Benjamin Tucker. That is the reason right there why I'm live streaming today. Today. All right. Uh, lamb chop looking good. I showered today because I got up at, uh, oh, I don't know. I got up at 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night like anybody else, roll over, check my phone for whatever reason. I don't know. And, uh, you know, I checked my phone to, to, um, to find out that, uh, you know, Putin's threatening using nuclear weapons. That's good. That's good. And let me tell you something. Putin's not threatening nuclear weapons against Ukraine. He's threatening nuclear weapons against the allies that are supporting Ukraine because it, it, it would be dumb for him to hit uh, Ukraine with nuclear weapons because he wants that territory. He doesn't want to mess it up like that. Nukes, that's not good. No, man, Putin's losing this war against Ukraine, and uh, he's not going to have it. So, I, I, sadly, I think, um, I think we're about to see the world get really, really ugly and really, really sad. And then whatever happens after that, I don't know. But uh, things, aren't, things are just not looking good out there whatsoever. I live in Finland, and winter is going to be rough if we have to do power cuts because Russia is cutting energy supply to Europe. Yeah, man, it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very cold winter for Europe thanks to Putin. One fucking guy in this day and age, one fucking guy controlling so many people and throwing so much negativity out there and throwing so much bad energy committing war crimes left and right like it's nothing. And then someone like Putin, I'm sure he goes to church, right? All those guys go to church, right? Queen Elizabeth, she went to church, right? I, 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 don't, I don't think a lot of people understand like God and uh, Jesus' uh, teachings and, uh, and religion in general. Because I'm sure someone like DeSantis... As he was using people for a, for a political point, and I know both sides say it or do it. I should say, sorry, I got a little excited. I know both sides do it, but you can't have both things. 
you can't do what uh, DeSantis did and then walk into a church and, 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 and say you're all about Jesus. Those two things do not match up. And don't even try to uh, convince me that it does. Putin, he's doing his thing in the church over there. I'm sure he is. Those two things do not match up. I'm drinking coffee like a fiend this morning. I think it's because I, I woke up so early. And then uh, same thing, same thing with uh, Queen Elizabeth. God-fearing woman, really? <laughs> she took all the money for herself. Those two things don't match up. Do you go to church? I go to church. Know what I do? I'll tell you what I do. There's a glorious church uh, very close to here. And I go to church. I park my electric scooter in the back of the church. I sit in an aisle. It's glorious. And then I sit there and I meditate. I use the church to meditate among the homeless people. Because that's another thing. If you got a church and you close your doors at night, those two things don't match up. Jesus wouldn't want your church closed at night. And most of the churches close at night. And I understand why, because it's a pretty much shit show at night. But uh, you can't be a church and close your doors ever. You can't. Here's some... Here's some fucking reality checks for the people out there today. Cheers. Cheers to you and yours. But yeah, I go to church. I use my local church to meditate, if you need to know the truth. That's the God's honest truth. It's glorious in there. And every once in a while, they got some organ music playing high in the rafters. And the architecture is unbelievable. It goes back hundreds of years. It's gorgeous. And I sit there. And I become one and I start focusing on my breathing and living in the moment. And I start doing a mantra. And if there aren't uh, people in there that care, my mantra is pretty loud. And that's what I do with the church. Yes. John Quartz, karma is coming for Putin. I I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm at with the karma thing. I don't know where I'm at. It seems like the assholes live very long lives. You ride an electric scooter, that's cool. I've been riding an electric scooter for the last, I don't know, three years. Fell in love with the uh, the electric scooter when we went down to Washington. We did a little family trip to Washington, day safe. And they're all about the scooters. They got the ride share, which is so cool. I'm sure a lot of you guys are living in bigger cities, so you know this, but get a little app. You're like, I need a scooter. The map shows where the scooters currently are. You grab one, punch in a code, and just jump on the damn thing and ride it and drop it off wherever the hell you want. You can pretty much even drop it in a river if you like, because a lot of people like doing that. And, you know, they'll suck up the cost of, uh, of doing that. <laughs> So we were on the electric scooters down in Washington, and I got to tell you, I love Washington. I love playing tourists down in Washington. Uh, I'm not a big tourist guy in general. But back in the day with those monuments, trying to get to everything, you would walk your ass off. You'd be exhausted by the time it was uh, time for dinner. And with those electric scooters, man, you're, you're checking out everything so much quicker, and it makes it so much more fun. So anyway, after our trip to Washington, day say. 
My, uh, my lovely wife got me an electric scooter for my birthday or Father's Day. I don't know. And I've never, I've never looked back, man. I, I am on that electric scooter every single day doing errands, dropping the kids off from, uh, to school, getting them from school, dropping uh, bills off in the post office so I could be a victim of mail fraud. You know, things like that. All right. An electric scooter would be even sweeter if it made the Jetsons uh, car sound as it cruised along the streets. Well, that, that should be the sound of every electric car. <laughs> Just the Jetsons. As you're driving down the damn street. Right? Hell yeah. Ah, oh, no coffee. No effing coffee. But you got guys now going 50 miles an hour on, on electric scooters. And it's a workaround because this stupid city, what they did recently... It wasn't good enough that they have red light cameras all over the place. Now they got speed cameras all over the place. But if you're on a if you're on an electric scooter and you don't have a license plate, you're laughing at all that horse shit and flying down the road 50 miles an hour like everyone while everyone else is going. I think I think it's like 25 miles an hour or they'll give you a ticket, an automatic ticket. You know what I also learned right before I turned this on? The guess who? A lovely, lovely band. You know, you know them um, from American Woman, right? I think that was their biggest hit for the Guess Who that they ever had. They've made uh, millions off that damn song. And then you had Lenny Kravitz redo it. And that means, you know, they get residuals and made a ton of money off Lenny Kravitz doing American Woman. That song was uh, written by accident. I, I love, I love learning about stuff like that. And I never knew this. And I played uh, American Woman no less than a thousand times on the radio over the years. Uh, I never, I never knew this. So the story goes, guess who? They had, they had two shows. And in between shows, the lead singer is off doing some nonsense. And the band's like, we got to get the second show going. So they just start riffing on stage. And they start playing that riff. And... And they're just riffing with that, you know, as, as they wait for the lead singer to, to hit the stage. He pops on stage, he hears the riff, and he starts just making up lyrics to the, to the jam they were doing. And uh, the rest is history. It turns out that I guess there was somebody in the audience that bootlegged the concert. And the band was smart enough, because a lot of this stuff uh, bands do all the time, and... And it just goes into the ether, never to be heard again. But the guess who? They were smart enough to go, you know that dumb little uh, jam riff we were doing because you were off, you know, flirting or whatever the hell you were doing? And then you came on stage and threw some lyrics on that damn thing? I think there's a song there. And then supposedly somebody that was bootlegging the concert, uh, they probably knew. He was probably like a super fan. They went to him and they got a tape of uh, that jam session, went back into the studio and turned that into their greatest song i had no idea about that until about 5 30 this morning so i guess there's good things about having um insomnia and waking up at 4 30 in the morning <laughs> jesus you, i think you know that me and my son especially uh we're into the marvel uh thanks to my son i had no idea about marvel i mean you could name a movie and i could i didn't know if it was dc or marvel but i'm all in we've watched everything and we're watching that She-Hulk. Oh, I hate it. I don't know how many people are, are checking out She-Hulk on Disney, Disney Plus, whatever it is. She's a lawyer. 
And uh, I'll be honest with you, I think Marvel is catering to the trans community. <laughs> Cause she's a handsome man as as a uh, as She Hulk. I think they're they're like there are a lot of there are a lot of guys out there that are into you know they're into that sort of thing. So why don't we why don't we turn our superhero into a trans? I feel like I'm looking at a trans woman. Are you allowed to say this? Oh my God! Are you allowed to say this? I don't know if you're allowed to say any of this. Let's just put it this way. She's a, she's, a, uh, she's a handsome woman. The show stinks. She's a lawyer. And every week it's a different thing that she's fighting in the courtroom. I fucking hate it. Are you saying I'm anti-trans? No, I'm not anti-trans. N- not at all. I, uh, I'm all about uh, do whatever you want as long as it makes you happy. And the people around you sort of happy because they have questions. And as long as you're not hurting yourself or others. That's absolutely where I'm at. Uh, Benjamin Tucker, is the Hulk about transitioning literally? (laughs) Benjamin, I hope you saw your name, by the way. I wrote it all nice and pretty for you. These are the guys that gave me money. And it's the reason why I'm live streaming this morning. And Benjamin Tucker's one of those. Very good. The show just stinks. They wanted to make James Bond a woman, Hope. Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. I'd watch. Who cares? I mean, I do care that Hollywood tries way, way too hard to be all-inclusive. That drives me nuts, especially when it comes to comedy. And I think that's why... None of us really talk about um, uh, funny movies that we've seen lately. I think Hollywood just completely ruined that whole thing. Because they're trying to be uh, all-inclusive and they don't want to hurt people's feelings. Even though comedy is all about hurting people's feelings. If you're not laughing, then you, you've got to realize the joke's on you. That's like the basics of comedy. And Hollywood's trying to do some weird wraparound or workaround, I should say. How do, we, uh, how do we include all groups and make this funny? Guess what? It's impossible. Oh, baseball's stupid. This has happened more than once uh, this year. They've taken a pitcher out of a game that has a perfect game going. And I'm here to say... That, you know, they try to say individual stats don't matter, blah, blah, blah. You know, there was a time, there was a point this season they were going to sit Aaron Judge because the Yankees had such a, such a lead. They, they had such a crazy, awesome season going that they're like, look, I know he's going for a home run record, but we're going to sit him, rest him for the playoffs. But I'm here to say the fans want to see this shit. So you got to kind of figure out... Uh, Something that that makes sense for 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 everybody. And if you got a pitcher that's pitching a perfect game, at that point you got to sacrifice that a little bit and see if the guy finishes the game uh, pitching a perfect game. You don't take him out because that really bums out the fans that are paying your paychecks. Same with Aaron Judge. Then the you know then the Yankees had a had a kind of a bad slump. So now, you know, he's playing in all the games. And I think he tied uh, Babe Ruth, right? 60 homers. I think that went down, I believe, yesterday as well. Yeah, pitch counts are really... I think pitch counts are stupid. 
Simply put, you can't take out a pitcher if he's having a uh, a run at a perfect game or even a no-hitter. I hate when they do that, too. It's like, oh, you know, seven seven uh, innings of no-hit ball, and then they take the guy out. It, you know, the fans want to see if the, if the guy's going to make it all the way with no hits. But you got a stupid guy in the dugout. One, two, three, counting pitches. Oh, this guy's only good for 107 uh, pitches. And then they, he walks over to the manager. He's up to 106 pitchers, boss. He's up to, I got it right here, 106 pitches. Oh, thank you. Marches out. We got to take you out. You, you did your 107 pitches. Yeah, Tropic Thunder, uh, well played. Probably the last true classic uh, comedy film. Uh, that, that movie is absolutely amazing. It's almost impossible to find, by the way. Because that's not okay anymore. It might hurt someone's feelings. But I'm a lib. He's a lib. As people don't pay attention to my, my views on things. The answer might be uh, Deadpool, John Kortz. Right, right, right on. Ryan Reynolds was hilarious in Deadpool. There's a lot of comedy in that. Is that the last great funny film? I said funny film there because I couldn't say comedy because it's technically like a superhero movie. But I think Deadpool is right up there as one of the last really funny movies. I thought the last Borat movie was stupid. I was really excited to watch um, the last Jackass movie, and that fell short. They got obsessed with their fucking junk. That movie was all about their their junk. I, I they the Jackass is over. There there are kids on TikTok that are way more interesting with that Jackass shit than uh, the Jackass people. And I was looking forward to it, man. I really was, but that 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 damn movie fell way off and way short. And you gotta you gotta think that Johnny Knoxville and the rest of the gang they're obsessed with uh, with the gay because <laughs> they they just they just every stunt it's like okay who's getting naked for this one. I think what Jackass, uh, why Jackass was so great was, uh, you know, the comedy that was involved with these stunts that they were, that they were setting up. Hey, if you wanted to ask uh, a question for a long time about getting started in radio, I mean, I always wondered, what was it like when you watched, oh God, my wife never had, <sighs> this is what's so pathetic about people, like they, they've been going after my wife and my kids for for at this point, 20 years. My, my wife had, has nothing to do with this. And then when that didn't work, then they went after my kids, saying just the most horrendous, horrific things about my kids. The fact is, my wife never knew Bam Margera. The fact is, my wife never made a sex tape, but had a very disgruntled employee that pushed that goddamn rumor to the point we had to fight a massive lawsuit and we did very, and I mean very well in the end. But to this day, people try to still pu- push that horse shit forward. Because they weren't getting to me. So they're like, how do we get to him? Oh, let's attack his wife that literally doesn't want anything to do with any of this. Oh, wait, the wife thing didn't work. He fought, Oh, my God, he fought it and won. I got to be careful. I'm not allowed to really talk too much about the details. And so that didn't work. So then they went after my kids, saying my kids weren't mine. 
saying my kids had mental issues. These, these are the lovely fucking people that Anthony supports. It's fucking pathetic. It's literally, you're not getting away with anything in the end. You know that, right? It just shows you're a terrible human being and someday that will come out and you're going to have to deal with that. God. Bunch of cowards. Yeah, just pathetic, pathetic human beings. Absolutely pathetic human beings. And, and the guy's probably all laughing like, ah, I got the comment in. Good for you, brother. Congratulations. I'd give you a cheers, but I ran out of coffee. But someday you're going to have to deal with that crap that you got in your stupid soul. It just makes you a pathetic person. Well, hello there. This episode is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. I love these guys. Microdose available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. Use the code OPIE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. All right, I want to read their mission statement because I think it helps a little bit. Their overall mission is to raise awareness around the concept of microdosing, safe use of psychedelics, and to provide a solution for people interested in microdosing THC for general wellness and performance-enhancing purposes. Microdosing psychedelics? Most people think they do a little psychedelic, a little something with THC, and they're out of their minds. That's not the case with Microdose.com. I've been using Microdose uh, gummies all summer long, honestly, to just get a simple, better night's sleep. And it also helped with the pain when I pulled my back out at the beginning of summer. And I'm not going to lie, it helps with creativity as well. So it can help you with the creative boost, enjoying the moment, sleep, pain, anxiety, workout, and recovery. And they really do taste good. But I want to warn you, just because something tastes good doesn't mean you should be eating the whole damn bottle. Nah, nah, nah. Don't do that unless you have nothing to do for a very long time. (laughs) That's a little off script. That's okay. They they can handle me going off script a little bit. All right, listen. I, I really, really do like my microdose gummies. I want you to check it out for yourself. They're available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com use the code opie opie to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order i'll put a link in the show description but again that's microdose.com promo code opie free shipping 30 percent off and once again they do have some gummies that have a little more a little more so you can either go for a little touch or a little more. <laughs> All right. Microdose.com. Promo code Opie. Uh, holy ass, it's Opie from radio. Is this your first time checking this out? What's wrong with you? The Bills. That's what I wanted to talk about. My team, the Buffalo Bills. Put that injury to, uh, I forgot his name already, Dane Jackson, right? I thought I thought we saw someone die on the field last night. That was, that was, that, I don't think. I've seen the Joe Theismann leg break. I've seen a, a few others, uh, a few other just nasty football injuries. But that hit that Dane uh, that Dane Jackson took was absolutely unbelievable. If you if you haven't seen the play yet, I, I swear to you, do not do not do that. I wish I didn't see the play. It made me sick to my stomach. 
his head went all the way back. Like, just imagine head going all the way back like that. How did it not snap his neck? The whole place went quiet immediately, and everyone was really, really psyched for that game in Buffalo. Home opener. People were pumped. My uh, dear friend Buzzy went. He flew from, uh, where did he fly from? He flew from Atlanta all the way to uh, Buffalo for the home opener. He said it was unbelievable. He was sending me pictures and videos, how crazy it was up there. I was jealous because I I went to uh, my share of um, home openers up there in Buffalo over the years. Not not many in recent years. And he said, dude, when that injury happened, everyone was so quiet. You could literally, I hate this, but... I guess it works sometimes. You can literally hear a pin drop. <laughs> Could you? Could you literally hear a pin drop? But it was really, really quiet. And they, uh, they got the uh, OMG 1,000 times, 1,000 times, 1,000 times. LT hits him, snaps his leg. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, they got the ambulance right away. Everyone was just uh, really bummed out. People were in tears. They're like, I, I think this guy's paralyzed. He might die right on the field in front of us. And they, um, you know, and then they, uh, they got him off the field and everyone gave him a standing ovation for, I, I guess, possibly breaking his neck. And then, and then, no, it's weird. It's like the NFL, they must have a strict policy, kind of like Disney, because all of a sudden no one talked about it. It was like it never happened. Hose everything down and let's move on. That's what happens at Disney. If someone dies on Disney's uh, property, they get that person off the property immediately. They get the hose out. They hose everything down and then they open everything right back up. Come on, let's uh, let's uh, get everyone back on Space Mountain. So that's sort of what happened yesterday, man. You could see the uh, the broadcasters and then the halftime show. Everyone was like. They, they, they barely talked about the elephant in the room because at that point they weren't sure if the guy was going to die. But, and they barely talked about it. I'm like, yo, what about the guy that almost broke his neck on the field? Are we going to talk about that? Hell no, we're not going to talk about that. That's not good for our image here at the NFL. Cheers. But then finally uh, they gave an update on the guy and I guess... He was able to move his um, his arms and his legs, and I and I'm praying. I had a brother. Well, I have a brother. I had a brother that broke it, uh, broke his neck. It's brutal. Um, I think. Well, I don't know. I, I was about to say something that I don't know anything about. I, I was just worried. Let's just put it this way. They said that he could move his arms and his legs, and I was just worried that uh, the swelling would get the best of him, and uh, that would that would make him unable to move his, uh, his arms and his legs. A brutal hit. So uh, I went to bed with that, that, that hit in my head, that video in my head. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. All right. Uh, was that one of the twins that got swept away in the Red River? Sorry, Benjamin Tucker, no. But yes, I had a, I had a brother that was swept away in a river. A river, excuse me. He just gave me the hiccups, Benjamin Tucker. Cheers. I guess I could tell real fast. We, we didn't go on a lot of vacations, uh, having seven, eight, nine kids. So we would go up into the, the Catskills. It's a couple-hour ride from here. And, you know, we would stop on the side of the road for nature because, honestly, my dad would just throw us in, a, in one 
one vehicle, the old uh, VW bus. And uh, we took the seats out so we could get more kids in there. That is the truth. Or we took the seats out because he was always building stuff and needed to put his rocks in there for his rock walls that we would have to build with our cement skills. So, um, you know, he would finally find some kind of shitty hotel that we could hang out at for a couple of days. But we would always stop on the side of the road for some drive-by nature. I had a friend who's in Seattle. I lost touch with a million years ago, unfortunately. He hated the people that did the drive-by nature, which basically means you pull over and it says, Hey, here's a trail. If you're, if you're lazy, it's point. Five miles, follow the red trail. If you want to be adventurous, the yellow trail is one mile. And if you really want to get crazy, the green trail is 1.5 miles. I had a friend, John. He's alive and well somewhere in Seattle. He used to hate the, uh, the drive-by nature, he would call it. But my, my dad was a big fan because it, it, you know, it got us out of my mom's hair for a little bit. So we pull over. It's a, it's a pretty significant river with a lot of slippery rocks. Uh, think a river where you could easily throw a rock across. And my dad thought it was a great idea that we could all take our sandwiches, our sandwiches, and have at it. So we all just wandered around the, the riverbed. And then, of course, we're young. We're all pretty much under uh, 12 years old or 12 and below. And my, my, uh, my twin brothers were six seven tops and long story short you know one did the old slipperoo on a slippery rock and ended up in the river and he was gone (laughs) and then the brother who broke his neck the brother who broke his neck saved my saved my uh my younger brother from from not a good life he would have probably had to live among the bears as they were going salmon fishing. But that's a true story. He slipped in and uh, he was in trouble. And uh, because my brother was a little more downstream, he was able to grab him and save his life. Yes, that's a true story. <laughs> so anyway, that, that injury in the Bills game yesterday, um, it brought back a lot of memories because my brother broke his fucking neck playing uh, lacrosse. My my brother was a very good lacrosse player uh, getting got kind of recruited by a bunch of schools and he was in a tournament and um Opie keeps calling Anthony racist because he's uh, not funny enough to go back and forth with him verbally it's kind of desperate all right thanks Josh I appreciate it um and my brother was down in a tournament in Virginia and he had some high school friends down there that he knew so after this tournament he was going to go out and, and uh, party you know he's a he's a college kid at this point he was playing in college he was playing for uh Southampton College. He decided to go out there for marine biology. But anyway, uh, he plays his tournament, cross-check to the back of the neck and shoulders, continues to play in the game. After the game, he's at a bar with his friends, uh, just partying it up, think uh, 20 years old and away from home. Just imagine what kind of uh, drinking and partying that, that entails. And... He's not feeling that great. He has a horrible headache and a horrible neck ache, but he continues his night out. He goes, uh, he goes back to wherever they were staying, wakes up in the morning. You know what I, I did there? Because I like, I like to let you guys in on all the shit. I am so sick of trying to, trying to edit out this sound. 
from uh, the Opie Radio podcast. Because I guess after I take a sip, I, I smack my lips. And when I'm editing these things, it drives me nuts. So I'm like, all right, just, just try, not to, try not to smack your lips. See, I want to do it there. I do that. Anyway, wakes up. It's way worse. The headache, uh, the neck ache. He's like, ah, oh, shit, man, I got, I got to get this checked out. So he goes to the local hospital or whatever it is, and um, and uh, they check him out and they do an X-ray. Doctor comes in the room. This is a true story. Holding the X-ray like this, right? He's looking at my brother in the bed. He goes, Scott Hughes. Scott goes, yes. He goes, Scott, do not move. He broke his fucking neck playing lacrosse down in Virginia. Went out with his friends all night drinking and partying, and I'm sure they were pushing him around and all that garbage that we all do. So when he's in the hospital and they have the x-ray, they realize he had a broken fucking neck, and it was so broke that the guy was convinced if he moved, he would paralyze himself. And even said to him, he goes, if I didn't know any better, looking at this x-ray, I would say this guy is paralyzed from the neck down. So last night when that guy took that hit in the Bills game, it brought back all sorts of memories. But um, here to say my, uh, my brother pretty much uh, many, many years later, obviously, he's got two, two fucking scars right up here in his skull on the sides, just above his eyes uh, and to the sides. And uh, it, it makes him look like a fucking rock star, to be honest with you. And that's, that's literally all he, all he has. Are you jealous of Howard or Ant Moore? Okay, thanks. <laughs> Not jealous of either one of those guys. Like I said, look, look, what I, look what I'm doing. Why would I be jealous of anything? I mean, stop trying so hard. So he pretty much lives a, a, a normal life, even though he broke his neck. He had to wear that cage. The cage weighed something like 30 or 40 pounds, and they... They, uh, they screw the bolts right to your skull above your eyes, one on the right, one on the left. I think there was a couple skulls in the back of his head. And then, then the whole really heavy like leather base uh, sits on his shoulders. And he had to go through life like that for, man, I don't know. I, I think it was well over, well over like two months. And I remember the day... Um, I remember the day that uh, he came home after they took the cage off and he had to hold up his own head because all these, all these muscles uh, just weren't working anymore and he had, to, he, had to, he had to go through rehab to strengthen his neck muscles again. So, uh, But man, that was, that was a scary time for our family. I remember we got the call and then, uh, you know, this, see my parents uh, worried to that extent was a real fucking bummer. And then uh, they drove down to, to get him immediately. Go to the top of the Chrysler building again. I can't. They shut that down. Uh, I, 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 uh, I tweeted that out yesterday. Uh, even Moses Gates, I learned, old friend of mine, he was uh, taking me around New York and showing me some really crazy urban exploring stuff. Um. Went in the tunnels, the Amtrak tunnels where the mole people used to live, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. And then he surprised me by, uh, by uh, uh, taking a cab ride to the Chrysler building. The, it was the end of the day. I'll never forget it. He goes, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, all right. I, I go, what? He goes, I, I, I can't tell you. Just uh, let's get a cab. And as the sun was sort of starting to get low in the sky, we pull up to the Chrysler building. 
And all of a sudden, he's like, just be cool. Don't say a word. And we walk through the lobby. He gives his name to the people at the, at the front desk. And they go, okay, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're good. And uh, next thing you know, we're in an elevator bank. And we go up, I don't know, 50, 60 stories. All of a sudden, he goes, all right, just, just be cool. We get out of this, uh, this elevator. And he quickly goes around the corner and goes into a door, into, the, into like a, a stairwell. Next thing you know, we go up these stairs that it was obvious no one is supposed to be at. It's some kind of maintenance area. And then there's a door where the stairs end. And it's locked, I think. I don't know for sure. Because then he told me to go down about 20 uh, stairs. He goes, I'll call you. I'll call you back up. And all of a sudden he goes, okay, we're good. So he did something. I mean, I, I, I can't like make believe he didn't do something to get through that door. But he didn't want me to see what he was doing, so I wouldn't be, a, I guess, a witness. And then next thing you know, we're in some kind of like maintenance area with a boiler room and stuff. And these tiny, I mean, tiny red stairs. The stairs were like this wide. I think maybe the length of my shoulders, maybe. And he goes, we're going up there. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, we're going up there. Oh, before that, sorry. When we got to the, the last official floor before we went into the, the stairwell, on that floor was an old observation deck that they closed down a million, I mean, a million years ago. And there was an empty, um, there was an empty business. So we knew because they all chat online that you could go into the empty business, climb through a window, get on the old observation deck, and then you could check out those gargoyles. And that's when he decided to walk out on, on top of one of those gargoyles. It was insane to watch him do that. And he wanted me to do it. I'm like, I ain't fucking doing that. And I was filming him. And I, I, I was convinced he was going to fall to his death. And I was pretty relieved when he was done with that part of the stunt. Then we, uh, then we went through that door to the maintenance area. Okay, with the little red ladders. And I go, where are we going now? He's going, we're going up to the spire, bitch. I'm like, What? And I look up like this, and all you see is these red ladders going up like this, 20, 30 feet. Then you move over a little bit to a platform, and then it goes up another 20 or 30 feet. Then it moves over again and goes up another 20 or 30 feet. And we're climbing, and we're climbing, and we're getting higher and higher. And I'm looking down where we uh, came from, and it's just teeny-weeny. I'm like, this is crazy, and it's just a little ladder. And I'm trying to film this, and I did film some of it. It's on my YouTube channel. And then finally we get to a platform where we can't go anymore. And it was the last window in the spire of the Chrysler building. And the space was no more than I could put my arms across and touch and touch the walls or the windows. And it was like, I think it was like four windows, like boink, boink, boink around like this. And you could touch both sides if you'd spread your arms out. And then we're just staring out the window and we're literally... In the last window of the spire of the Chrysler building. And I'm like, this is so illegal. And then we finally got down to the street, walked past, um, you know, the security people. They had no idea that we were just hanging out in the spire of the Chrysler building. It was like, holy shit. Then he made me sit on uh, the video for a very long time. I finally posted it. it is, it's out there. I, I, um, I tweeted it out yesterday, matter of fact. And um, so the story goes that Moses went back to do the exact thing that I did, go through security. And the reason why he was able to go through security, by the way, this is how genius the guy was. And I could say this because this, uh, this is ancient history. 
he found a dentist in the Chrysler building. So to the people down at the front desk, um, for the people at the front desk, they, they thought this guy just had a, a dentist appointment. And that's how he was able to get through uh, security. And he, he belonged there. So he goes back. This is, I don't know, like a, I think it was like a year later because he finally texted me. He's like, bro, be cool. People might be calling you. I'm like, who? And he's like, the city. I'm in trouble. So he went through the lobby of uh, the Chrysler building and he said, I'm here for my dentist appointment. They were waiting for him. I'm sure his name was right there and they arrested him immediately. And uh, in the end, he was fine. He got some BS ticket, blah, blah, blah. And basically, he was banned from uh, going back to the, to the Chrysler building. And that's how it ended with Moses Gates and uh, the Chrysler building. And then he, he continued to do some urban, urban exploring. But I, I learned yesterday when I posted uh, the old video that, that he tapped out as well. You're awesome, Ope. Thank you. See, you. oh, there's the sun. <laughs> there it is. But eventually, this shit's going to come up right over these buildings. That's why I want to do it from this location. And then I'm, I'll just be a silhouette man as the sun's coming up over Manhattan. That will look very, very artistic. Have a good day, guys. Cheers.